0: Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. The Paralympics transformed the sporting arena for those with disabilities, but now the integrity of the event has been brought into question. A Four Corners investigation has uncovered allegations athletes exaggerating or even lying about their impairments to give them a better chance of winning. Today, reporter Hagar Cohen on how the rules are being bent and broken to the detriment of the majority of competitors doing the right thing. The Paralympics, like the Olympics, they're a big deal, aren't they? They attract huge amounts of money.
1: Absolutely. It's actually the third biggest sporting event in the world, so just after the Olympics and FIFA in terms of attendance.
0: Yeah, so people love it. And Australia's also done pretty well at these Paralympics Across history. I mean, in Tokyo in 2021, we took home 21 gold medals. Stuart Jones, a paracyclist,
1: was at those games. Who is he? So, Stuart Jones is a paracyclist. He was a non disabled person up until 2014 when he was on his bike, clipped a parked car, and crashed into another car. So, it was a serious accident. Mm. He sustained a spinal cord injury and initially the predictions were that he may not even be able to walk again. And so that time was a horrible time for him and his partner, Sandy Krizius. Because it wasn't a complete spinal injury, they they, they could never tell um, how much swelling will improve, you know, the feeling and his ability to walk. I mean, he was very determined, according to Sandy Krasius and everybody around him at the time. Mm. And he was back racing on his two-wheeled bike by the following year with his local cycling club in Newcastle. All right. Okay. So you're telling me
0: he's fully recovered, but he also then went on to compete at the Paralympics in Tokyo in 2021. So you need to explain that.
1: Okay, so he hasn't fully recovered. Mm-hmm. What happened was that he recovered enough to be able to race very competently and even win some of the races um, with his cycling club in Newcastle. People were just so blown away by his ability on the bike. He had returned to racing um strong, and if not better than what he was before the accident. In the Paralympics, you know, there's what's known as the classification system. And so it it recognises that not all impairments are the same. And what they do is they measure what is the impact of of an athlete's impairment on their sport. And then they divided them into classes. Mm -hmm. And so The trike division is reserved for athletes who cannot ride a two-wheeled bike. That is very clear in the rules. And yet we found substantial evidence showing that for a period of three years, three and a half years after his accident in 2014, Stuart Jones raced hundreds of kilometres on his two-wheeled bike, which is against the rules. Right, so he's
0: really, really competent on a two-wheel bike but he ends up competing at the Tokyo 2021 Paralympics on a trike bike and that, as you've said, is really breaking the rules. When did his former partner start to think that something wasn't quite right there?
1: Yeah, so I mean I guess the first time she says she... Um, understood what really was going on was when she attended a paracycling event. She says an Oz cycling manager, they're responsible for selection of athletes for the Paralympics, was there and um, talked to Stuart Jones about, you know, how he would be selected to the Paralympics. And Sandy said, she just said, but he can ride a two-wheeled bike. Why would he be riding a trike? Said, mm. oh, but Stuart can ride a two-wheeler bike, and her response was, which I remember quite clearly, was, no, he can't. And then Stuart kind of indicated to me, you know, stop talking. We did contact Oz Cycling and ask them about it. They said none of their staff had known about Stuart's history with riding, racing a two wheeled bike after his accident. Well, what has Stuart Jones had to say about all of this? Well, Stuart Jones refused to engage with us and um, he, he's talking to us through his lawyers who are basically saying that uh, he will be making no comment. Mm-hmm. OK, the main
0: point, Hagar, here, though, is, of course, that if an athlete is classified incorrectly, they're competing where they shouldn't be competing or they shouldn't be competing, competing at all, it's a significant disadvantage to other
1: athletes. This is a really good point, and, and we also spoke to athletes who feel that they've been disadvantaged by this system uh, and, and harmed by it. I feel sad for the athletes, the ones that miss out. On their moment like I did and this is basically goes right to the heart of why we decided that this story is really in the public interest it's not about accusing people of cheating it's more about what about those genuine athletes who have their impairments they're not faking it they're not exaggerating their symptoms mm. but their chances of competing and winning are taken away by those people who are who are in the wrong classification and that's unfair.
0: Yeah, really really unfair. So, Hagar, let's talk more about this classification system because you've also spoken to other Australian athletes about
1: how this system can in ways be manipulated. Exactly. And there there are, you know, widespread concerns that the classification system as it stands is not robust enough. For example, we spoke to gold medalist Madison Elliott. She's one of Australia's most high-profile Paralympians. She won nine medals, four of them were gold. She said it's quite easy to exaggerate symptoms during classification. There are people who are just doing it because they're not winning in their classification. They want to compete in a classification that they can win in. Another example of a practice that appears to be quite common is where athletes, particularly with neurological disorders such as cerebral palsy, are instructed by coaching staff to fatigue themselves ahead of classification so that their symptoms appear like they have more impact uh, during the classification itself. We spoke to two athletes who competed against each other in Beijing 2008. They were both in athletics discus throwers uh, and separately both said that they were instructed by their own coaches to do that, to fatigue themselves so that they appear more impaired than they actually are.
0: You were taught to exert yourself and and be fatigued and, and I guess,
1: be the worst version of yourself at the time. So you were actually told yep. to fatigue yourself before competition. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Is that how every time? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. To a point. Yeah. You're coached to do that. Yes. Yep. Everybody. Yeah, Everybody does. You know, both of these athletes were quite young, and, and if you're instructed to do that, you know, as, as a 16-year-old, for example, who has no experience in elite sport before you you just follow those instructions and, and, and that's... So it's important to, I guess, note that it's a systemic issue of, of teams, of coaches, performance managers, you know, national sporting bodies that encourage that and that's why it's such a big problem and, and really hard to get rid of.
0: So, Hagar, I mean, it all sounds pretty concerning, but how widespread is this?
1: Well, according to insiders in the Paralympic movement, a lot of them think it's quite widespread and they're very concerned about it. Interestingly, the International Paralympics Committee is now going through a process of review. And as part of that process, they invited um, feedback. We read through all of their feedback and it was quite alarming people who are really invested in the Paralympic movement, who are in, you know, very high important positions, were really concerned about this problem. For instance, one of them says that classification tends to promote cheating. A swimming official said that one of the greatest concerns is the increasing incidence of intentional misrepresentation and the sense of powerlessness to do anything about it. Another said there are no repercussions for those who cheat and that athletes, um, coaches are aware of this and they're using it to their advantage. So we spoke to Jane Buckley. She's a former chief classifier and a former medical director of the Australian Paralympic team. She's been part of the movement for, for three decades. She's speaking out about this issue for the first time on Four Corners she says that the levels of intentional misrepresentation are so high. She calls it mind blowing. I was astounded. I I can remember thinking at the time, this organisation is more concerned about medals than doing the right thing. What she suggests, she thinks the only thing that that can fix this problem is that classification is actually taken out of the hands of the International Paralympics Committee and given to an independent body. So in the Olympics, WADA, the anti-doping agency, is independent to the Olympics Committee. Jane Buckley thinks the same thing needs to happen with the Paralympics, but there's a lot of resistance for that idea.
0: This could really, Hagar, damage the credibility of the Paralympics, right? Uh, You've actually interviewed the former chief executive of the IPC, and he's even worried about it.
1: Yes. Um this was quite the interview, to be honest. We went all the way to Switzerland to, to meet Javier Gonzalez.
0: Hi, nice to meet you. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you
1: too. too. He was the CEO of the International Paralympics Committee for fifteen years. He was quite candid, saying that Cheating or, you know, intentional misrepresentation by athletes is a problem within the Paralympics. Yes, it it was a problem or an issue. Coaches and the administrators and everyone knew that this was something that the IPC was concerned about. You know, I asked him if he takes responsibility for the cheating that occurred when he was the CEO and, and he took responsibility for it. I never wanted to put things under the carpet. But yes, ultimately, it's something has failed somewhere, I mean, the, with the CEO, is the one stops the bucket.
0: Mm. It's really important, isn't it, that this is fixed for the athletes, as you said before,
1: who are competing and they're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And I think one of the strongest uh, people who talks about it in our program is Peter Brooks, another former gold medalist, a paracyclist who's just outraged by this. It's kind of like an open secret within the Paralympic movement. And he just thinks, you know, that it's, it's greedy, it's wrong. And why would you do that? Why would you rob genuine Paralympians of their chances to win?
0: I would like to question the people that have this greater ability to go, are you proud of yourself? Are you happy to be there? The founders of the Paralympic movement that long ago would be disgusted and rolling in their graves that this is what it's come to. Hagar Cohen is a reporter with the ABC's Investigative Unit. You can watch her full report tonight on Four Corners on ABC TV at 8pm or catch it on iview. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley, ABC News Daily. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.